Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 128 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today we're talking about victim mindset and how it shows up when you have type 1 diabetes. We'll also talk about how to get yourself out of victim mindset and why it's not really something to beat yourself up over. We all do it. Let's start off with the win, the fail, and the tip of the week. So I'm up with the win, and mine is that my husband and I went on a New Year's Day hike in 11 degree weather. One of my goals for this year is to go on a hike every week or at least 52 times so I can catch those weeks when I'm traveling. When on the hike, or at least before the hike, my number was around 130, 140, like when we left the apartment. And while it did get to about 180 post-hike, I did not go low. So that was nice. And it was really nice to start the new year with my first ever winter hike without skis on. And the weather actually was pretty nice. It was uh, clear and crisp. It's pretty cool. Jesse, what about your fail? All right. My fail this week is pretty common. So generally when you sleep and your sight falls off, you don't usually notice. And that's exactly what my fail is. So uh, a couple of days ago, I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't usually, I don't, I feel kind of high. So I tested my blood sugar and it was about 220. Not a great way to wake up in the morning, but you know, I was checking my site and I noticed that instead of my pump being right next to me, it was on the floor with the site right next to it. So that was great, but there really isn't much you can do to like kind of prevent this. So what you do is you just pick yourself up and you put your site back on and then you get your blood sugar back down and then you go take a nap. <laughs> and by putting site back on, that means putting a new site on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice though if we could just like slap the old site back in and it worked but that's not how that works all right our tip this week is sometimes we just need to turn off the overthinking in our brains and while there are a ton of ways to do that i want to share two of mine for you to try the first one is to take a bath every time i take a bath my mind kind of goes empty which is kind of cool like I'll get to the end of the bath and not remember having thought about anything. Like I'll actively try to remember what I was thinking about and nothing, <laughs> just nothing comes up. The other thing is adult coloring book. I actually got my first one of these late last year and just turning my attention to not coloring outside the lines really helps turn down all the thoughts that are going at the speed of light. Okay, victim mindset. Now, this is not a rosy or a feel-good topic, but it is something we do have to talk about because of how this mindset really affects our diabetes management. Victim mindset, or otherwise known as victim mentality, is when someone claims that everything that happens to them is someone else's fault. Every thought or feeling they have is because someone else made them think that thing or feel that way. 
every action they take or don't take is because someone else made them or kept them from doing it. And every result in their lives is because of someone else's actions or inactions. The someone can be literally anyone. Parents, spouses, children, extended family, friends, or in like parentheses here, frenemies, politicians, bosses, coworkers, and so on. But the someone can also be a something. Corporations, society, government, church, the smell of Krispy Kreme donuts when you're walking into Walmart. So victim mentality is when people constantly complain about everything bad happening in their lives and never taking any responsibility to change things or change their mindset. It's taking things personally, always wondering why me, why, what did I do to deserve this? That kind of like, oh, woe is me. Psychology Today reports that those with victim mentality hold three beliefs. One, bad things have happened in the past and will continue to happen to them specifically. Two, others are to blame for all of your misfortunes. Three, there is no point in trying to make a change because it just will not work. Now, we want to be really clear that if you're in victim mentality, there is zero judgment for that. There's actually nothing wrong with you. Your brain is operating exactly how it's supposed to, to keep you safe. We like being in victim mindset because it means that we get to be right. But it sucks. And we know it sucks. We just kind of try to ignore that it, that it sucks. We're really, really good at pretending when things don't suck, but it is a massive energy drain. Our brains can find evidence for literally anything we want. And if we want to find evidence for why all the bad things that happen to us are somebody else's fault, we will and we can. That's called a confirmation bias. And it's also a natural thing for our brains to do. We also get to blame other people. Not taking responsibility for our lives is a huge part of the victim mentality, and blaming other people also lets us avoid taking risks. With type 1 diabetes, it's uncomfortably easy to fall into a victim mentality. Again, it's asking, why me? Like wondering, what did I do? Or what did my parents do that I ended up with this condition at such a young age? Or even as an adult, like people can think, what did I do? What was my lifestyle like that made me do this or made me get this? Another question we might be asking is, is what did I do to deserve never having a break from all the things that go into keeping me alive? In the day-to-day, it's blaming our blood sugars for how we feel. It's using diabetes as an excuse not to do things, especially taking care of yourself or working on your goals. Did you plan on going for a run? Well, your blood sugar's too high. Exercising might make it worse. Or your blood sugar's too low. You hate how you have to snarf down low snacks before you can even step outside. Or wait, your blood sugar is actually in range, but exercising will definitely make it crash. You see how many excuses we can come up with to avoid doing something because of diabetes? We all do this. And like, don't don't try to trick yourself here. We all do this. I used my type 1 diabetes as an excuse all the time in high school to get out of PE. And we've talked about this before, how I am not an athlete by any means, and how Jessie is like my complete opposite in that respect. The woman played rugby on purpose, for crying out loud. I will say it was not always fun, and diabetes was a challenge throughout the entire season. Right, but you chose to do it. I know, and I love it. So, no complaints. (laughs) 
So because it's so easy to be a victim to type 1 diabetes, it's also easy to slip into diabetes burnout or diabetes distress. We have two full episodes on both of those, episode 26 and episode 114, if you want to hear more about the about burnout or about diabetes distress specifically. We can also get into victim mode with type 1 diabetes when we start thinking about nothing we do even makes a difference. We see this a lot with how blood sugars react to different things. Remember, there are at least 42 different factors that can affect your blood sugar. And we have to expect different results when we do the same thing over and over and over again. We have to treat diabetes like it's insanity because it kind of is. But if we don't accept that reality and we, if we try to fight against it, we end up losing. And that's when we can start to think that nothing we do matters. And we can't control it anyway, so why bother? And that just leads into a spiral of burnout and victimhood. And that is not a comfortable place to be, not really. Over time, it can become familiar. And the brain really likes familiar pain over anything unfamiliar, even if it costs us in the long run. It's crazy. Now, to be clear... You do not have to change. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But if you're listening to this episode and it's really resonating with you and you have that itch to change things, there's hope. So what victim mindset isn't? The extreme good news is that victim mindset is not permanent. You can control it. It's not innate. It's actually a learned behavior. You're actually in charge of every thought, feeling, action, and result in your life. The only things out of your control are the circumstances or the facts of life. Byron Katie says that when we argue with reality, we lose, but only 100% of the time. We can consciously choose to stop arguing with reality, and that really helps us take ownership over our lives and get out of that victim mindset. We can't control others, but we can control our reactions to other people. We might not be able to control our blood sugars sometimes, just let's be honest, But we can control our reactions to our blood sugars, to our circumstances, to literally anything that happens to us. We get to control our reactions. And if you remember nothing else from this episode, remember, we get to control our reactions. So what are some ways to stop living in victim mindset? I'm just going to go through a little, like a small list here and kind of explain a little bit how I'm thinking. The first one on is awareness. Once you're aware that you have some tendencies toward victim mindset, that is really probably the biggest step that you have to take is just being aware that there is a problem that you want to fix. The next step is acceptance. Accepting that it's reality goes with the not fighting against reality thing that Byron Katie says. And there's a distinction between acceptance and like condoning. So it doesn't mean that the victim mindset is okay for you. It just means that you're accepting it as being there not that you agree with it. So there's a difference between acceptance and condoning something. Then there's taking responsibility. So my favorite like version of accepting responsibility is actually Jocko Willink's description of extreme ownership. So it's taking ownership or responsibility for literally everything in your life, even for the things that aren't actually your fault. Because if you, if you can do something to fix it, then we should. And that's kind of how it works with this is if there's something you see in your life with victim mindset that you can take responsibility for, you should. And that's where that one is. Next one is to have self-compassion and self-love. 
Now, we can't really get anywhere with getting out of victim mindset if we don't, if we're not kind to ourselves. So that's what that's about. You could also catch your thoughts and redirect. So this is when you just kind of, it goes along with the awareness. Once you notice yourself thinking certain things that tied into that victim mindset, it's just taking a, like a pause and stepping back a little bit now and asking yourself, okay, why am I thinking this? Like what's going on? What, what could I think differently? What do I want to think on purpose instead? And then redirect to that. You can also get really curious. So wonder why you're, why are you in this mode? Like why are you looking at the other things in your life and feeling like they're in your way? So just getting really curious and just asking why will really help take the self-judgment out of it. And you can actually get a lot deeper with the reasons when you take that self-judgment out just by being curious. It's kind of kind of cool. Something else that has been really proven to help with overall mindset and not just victim mindset is gratitude practices. So taking intentional time to actually write down what you're grateful for, what you're thankful for, things you appreciate, because that helps put us into a positive frame of mind. And doing that, especially early in the morning, or at least when you wake up, can really help set the intention for the day ahead. And it's also a good practice at night. So either way, if you're a morning person or an evening person with gratitude, either one works because if you do it in the morning, you set yourself up for the day. And if you do it in the evening, then you set your sleep up to be a lot less stressful. So that's kind of cool. And then the last one here is to be kind to others. I think that if we practice kindness to others, it's actually easier to practice kindness to ourselves. And if we're focused on serving others with kindness, then we're not so focused on ourselves and on beating ourselves up or being in that victim mode. Jesse, what is your experience with victim mindset? So overall, I think it's pretty normal to experience victim mindset about something at least once in your life or at like some point in your life. It's pretty normal to experience it. So for me, this usually comes in like the way of sports. I just kind of Again, going back to rugby and stuff like that, for me, I get stuck in this mindset of what am I even doing here? Like, I love this so much, but am I actually benefiting the team by being here? Those kind of questions just always come around at least once a season for me. And it's really common. And I have definitely learned to give myself grace and to understand that although being diabetic is really hard with sports, it's not the sport's fault. And it's not my fault for being diabetic either. And having lows and high blood sugars, like one time I was so high, I couldn't, I like couldn't play at all because it was, I just felt nauseous. And then I went home and slept and my blood sugar was fine. Or going low during game, like the first half of the game and having to be pulled out. Cause with rugby, once you're off the uh, field, you're off for the rest of the game. You can't go back on. There's no substitutes. Unless there's like a blood sub and that's when you start bleeding and then fix the bleeding and then you go back on. But besides that, (laughs) once you're off the field, you're off the field for good. That being said, I usually get those intrusive thoughts of like, this is my fault. I'm not benefiting anybody by being here. I'm having a great time, but I feel so guilty for taking up everybody's time and energy. And I've always struggled with this. So to be honest, I usually sit down with myself at some point during the season and I just have to tell myself, I am meant to be here. I am meant to play this sport. I'm having a great time. I'm hanging out with great people. And if I was somebody else, 
what would I say to myself? Like if I, I was another girl on our, our team and I had diabetes, like she had diabetes and she started feeling just horrible. Like she shouldn't be there. What would I say to them? How would I make them feel better? And do I actually believe they should be there? If the answer is yes, they should absolutely be there. If that's the only thing that's holding them back. Absolutely. So I think honestly, just giving yourself a lot of grace when it comes to that kind of like those victim mindsets of like, this is everything else's fault. This is my own fault. I am the victim, but you're putting that self blame on you or something else. Then it's just, you're taking away, away your own fun. Like you're literally just taking away the fun from yourself. The only person you're not benefiting is you. And if you really don't want to be there, really don't want to do something, that's kind of different. Like you just have to realize you don't want to do that. But anyways, the best piece of advice that I've found is one, talk to myself like I'm somebody else. And two, try to find some one small thing, one positive experience through all of the negative stuff, and then focus on that and go from there. For me, the biggest and probably most unconscious one was believing that I could never lose weight as a type one diabetic. And then once I learned that I could, blaming all the doctors, the dietitians, the nutritionists, and the certified diabetes educators for quote unquote lying to me about the necessity and the impact of carbs on my body. Now, in all honesty, I'm still a little salty about growing up being taught that. But that one particular day in 2016, when I reached my personal level of disgust with my weight is when I finally took responsibility for making my own food decisions without relying on my doctors or on the dietitians to tell me what I could or couldn't eat. Some of my experience with victim mentality ties into my tendency to judge myself, which is great. I spent years hiding my my writing experience, the things that I wrote, behind a pen name on fanfiction.net. I ignored all of my own original works. I just kind of shoved them to the back of my hard drive and let them collect digital dust And it was all because of one piece of negative feedback about my writing. And that led to a lot of quote unquote, not good enough thoughts that only ended when I took responsibility for not having written my book. From first draft to published took three years once I finally stopped getting in my own way. But the really cool part was going from first rewrite to published in a single year. And that wouldn't have happened if I thought my reaction to any part of it was out of my control. I've used my diabetes and my blood sugar as an excuse not to exercise for years. (laughs) We did an episode on exercise with type 1, and like I said before, Jesse is clearly the superior athlete. I will not touch a rugby field. (laughs) I like walking, hiking, and skiing, sometimes biking, in a past life, swimming. But until I figured out how to stop using type 1 as an excuse... I would have abandoned any one of those activities at the first hint of an imperfect blood sugar. Mostly, I have been a victim of myself. And let's be honest, I think that's the problem we have most of the time is we're victims of ourselves. But with self-coaching and getting coached by other really amazing coaches through the Life Coach School, I have learned my own patterns and I've figured out ways to get myself out of it. The tools that I've learned throughout that process are what I teach my clients in Type 1 Confidence. And that's my program for going from blaming type one for everything to taking back control of how you feel about your life. In essence, it's how to feel better with type one diabetes without changing any aspect of your medical management. 
To find out more about type 1 confidence, visit my website and watch the free video there. All right, Jesse, what is our diabetes spotlight? So I really hope I'm saying her name right, but our spotlight this week is on Melissa Tross. She is a type 1 diabetic who is also an Orthodox Jewish TikTok creator. I personally follow her. I love learning about the Jewish Orthodox community because it's something I've never been exposed to before being on TikTok and stuff like that. And she also explains how diabetes plays into her life and her experience as an Orthodox Jewish woman. She's taught me personally, like not personally, but over TikTok, her TikToks and stuff like that. She's taught a lot of people about what kosher foods are, what kind of the rules they follow and how to live a healthy lifestyle as a diabetic mom who's got two kids and doing just living her life. She's a really cool person and she has a very good community on her page, I would say. And we'll link her TikTok in the show notes below. She's also a, or used to be a food blogger, if I remember correctly. And some of her recipes look so good. I haven't tried any yet just because I was living in the dorms and stuff like that and haven't had like the space to cook anything, but they look really good and I'm really excited to try some. And then what is our question for the ounce this week, Colleen? All right. Our question for you guys this week is, what are some ways that you tend to blame the BDs for how you feel? Again, remember, no judgment, just awareness and making a choice about if you want to stay there or not. And both choices are valid. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 128. You can apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is Colleen at InspiredForward.com. And guess what? We have our own Instagram page for our podcast. The handle is at This Is Type One Pod, and that's the number one. I'm personally on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. If you do reach out, just let me know you're a listener of the show. I'd love to hear from y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.